So, what you got for us, Faye? On a stormy night in Louisiana, six people are haunted by the spirit of a demented slave master with an insatiable erotic appetite as they stay trapped inside a haunted mansion by a thunderstorm. Well, I guess you know what they say. You can feel it watching. Well, this certainly seems like a job for crime scene investigation. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Spit On Your Grades Presents Prime Scene Investigation. I am Chris, as always, not changing in anyone else. I am joined, as ever, by Mercer. Hello. And Faye. Sorry, I've changed my name. What are you called now? Flangipan Nickerfluff. Flangipan. Flangipan. Flangipan Nickerpuff. I'm going to call you Flange for Nicker sure. Puff. Did I say Nickerpuff? No, I didn't mean Puff. Fluff. Nickerfluff. Nickerfluff. Flange. Fluff. Flange. Right. Yeah. Well, Flange, how are you? Uh, I am in need of therapy after this one, if I'm honest. Mercer, do you want to be known by anything else or are you still happy being a man known as Mercer? I'm just quite happy being me, Mercer, Merce, Mercer, Mercer, Merce, Mercer. Because again, the big, big M. M. Not, not to be confused with the big D. Or the big C. Or the big C. No. Right, we're off to a great start <laughs> this week. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Before we get into our quite, let's face it, stellar choice for Prime Scene this week, what we've been up to, what we've been watching, anything at all. Mercer, you're a treasure trove of deep cuts from Prime. Actually... I've been quite quiet on the Prime front or on the movie front in general. I've not really watched a lot. I watched um, the classic Theatre of Blood, Vincent Price, Diana Rigg, absolutely fabulous. I remember watching that as a kid and being obsessed with the scene where the man realises he's eating his own dogs. Mm. Um, I just fantastic. And I actually partook, partook, partaked, took part in the Bad Film Club. You did? Yeah, and I'm quite glad I did, because we watched Killer Piñata, which, on paper, should not work. And in theory, considering my opinions on Carousel 2, I should not like this at all. In fact, quite the opposite. It was a lot of fun. I was worried going in because it was another Chris Pick, and Chris Picks are notoriously terrible. Um, But no, I really enjoyed this one, too. I thought the little piñata guy was really funny and again another film with tit picks in it you weren't there for the last bad film club mercer um but we watched oh what film did we watch the film we watched last week had tit picks in it as well and this one also had pictures of tits in the background no no ignore me killer piñata had the tit picks our pick today has tit picks there you go. I'm sure I'm sure the audience are very glad that we've now worked out a film that might or may not have had tidbits in in the past. You know what? I just think it's funny that you've been sarky with me when you picked this film and you've took us right out of the horror genre and moved us into softcore porn. Excuse me. I don't pick the films. The supercomputer that has all our selected criteria fed into picks the films. 
so don't level this at me. And secondly, don't be giving the game away over what our film is before I've even announced it to everyone. Although saying that, I've been putting out tweets all week about what film I'm actually watching, so it shouldn't be come as that much of a shock to anyone. I've not been watching anything else this week. I don't think you well, you watch eight a day, so... Well, yeah, and I went on a bit of a Sam Rockwell vibe today, and I watched Three Billboards along with Jojo Rabbit, both of which are fantastic. Rounded it off with a bit of Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. Just a Darren Gaskell favourite. Cheer yourself up a bit. Because yeah. fair, Jojo Rabbit and Free Bill Wars are pretty dark. Yeah, well, I mean, Jojo Rabbit, not so much, but yeah. It it's is. still funny. It's, <laughs> it's still funny. But then again, Three Billboards has got a bit of humour in it as well. Yeah, true. Okay. Is everyone rested, ready to dive in to the grimy world of our Prime scene investigation pick this week. I yes. Fucking yes. Mercer looks on the edge of his seat, so I'm going to assume that's also a yes. Yes. Brilliant, thank you. Okay, so this week we have the David L. Fraser directed and David L. Fraser and Svetlana Mishoff written 1995 Windswept. Wind I nearly <laughs> did that again. Stormswept. Every time I think about, see, that's how bad the title is. I think things can't, I was, things aren't storm swept normally, are they? Surely it's wind swept. No, it's storm swept. See, this film doesn't even deserve the honour of me having another go at that intro. I'm just going to leave it there as it is. Yeah, just fucking let that hang. Also, yes, it was wrote by David I. Fraser and Svetlana Miskoff, who was previously Svetlana Fraser, I believe. I think this film may have ruined whatever potential relationship they had and she's completely distanced herself from him. I don't blame her. <laughs> our first pick that's ever led to divorce. She's done right. Anyone who listened to our list, our recent award into the Curious Privacy Investigation episode and thought, well, it can't get any worse for them, surely. But you see, but I'm getting ready. Brace yourself. How are we picking? Not picking, sorry. How are we randomly generated such bad films? Because we're on a, we've been on a losing streak, guys. Let's not lie. I think I can't remember last time we did a good one. I think AI just hates us. We appear to be at some kind of weird war with the Terminators already. But instead of sending killing machines back through time to execute us, they're sending us really bad films until we just snap and probably just take our own lives. The thing is with this one, um, as we've mentioned before, and as I put all over social media whilst I was watching it, it is essentially softcore porn is in line, but well, maybe a bit more erotic than what you get with Red Shoe Diaries and such. Yeah, That's exactly what I thought when I was watching it. I was like, it's like an, a Red Shoes Diaries. It's like a very 1995, like, late night TV movie, which is purely just, um, let's flash some breasts. And even though I knew that was going to be the premise of it, or, you know, at least 90% involved in it, I still didn't like what I was watching. I don't know if it's my age it's or what. Of an example of the softcore late night erotic thriller variety, it is an extremely bad, bad one. If it had more thriller, that'd be fantastic. I think the biggest problem I have, no, not the biggest problem I have with it because there's no end of problems. But one of the things that really like gets me is the trailer does present what is potentially going to be a film that has horror elements but the trailer literally uses like 
one scene, like one flashback memory as the horror aspect, and we see that right at the beginning. That's completely it, because in the trailer there's a guy stalking around outside the house, and then much as the plot says, it is this big kind of goth, I want to say goth, this big southern mansion in the middle of this thunder and lightning. It's very much set like, as I was saying to Mercer before we came, before we started recording, if you'd have told me this was a 60s or early 70s low-budget slasher from the trailer, I'd have gone, yeah, completely can see where that's coming coming from. Mm. I'd go, yeah. Or even like an 80s-style slumber party massacre, um, not like, not big budget, not, you know, like all them like knock-together horrors that came out. Like, it, it would, trailer-wise, fit into this kind of world. Reality, it's a fucking clusterfuck of a film. Yeah. And we've not even started talking about it. Regarding the plot, um, it is a film crew. This is just a brief synopsis. It is a film crew that are shooting some scenes in this house and a storm comes along and they're trapped in there. And I think there's a ghost of a candle maker because there's fucking candles everywhere. There you go. Just a clap. So just to correct just, you. Just to correct, correct you. They're not shooting there. Essentially, they're filming elsewhere and one of the members of the cast is actually looking to lease That's the it. place for the summer. So they're going to have a look at the building along with the left agent who ends up back, stuck back there through a later plot device. And they get cut off in the middle of this dark and stormy night. And as you say, there are two individuals who are just running around downstairs on a lower in a lower room, not caring in the world. Phantom of the Opera style. Kind yes, Phantom of the Opera style. Who and the woman out of the couple... Law, it's Lawn and I can't remember what her name they is. They don't deserve to be given character names. Candle Woman. It's Missy downstairs, Missy Miss, and Lawn. Thank you very much. Yeah. So Missy at the start of the film appears to be not possessed, but very much under the influence of some unseen force that may or be, may, may not be forced to make candles. We don't know. And then the realtor comes along and has like a glimpse of this, doesn't she? She has like a... A, the real a premonition, or we don't know what it is at that point. She has a vision. One of the things I put is like, is this a flashback or is it a premonition? Because we we don't really have much of a. The only thing we know about her is that she wears an oversized shirt. Um, doesn't drop a tie. Yeah, doesn't do like a really loose fitting tie, and gets really shocked when she sees she has to go to the prepper, and she's really panicked by it. What I'm mad about as well is that when she goes to visit the girl who's potentially leasing this property, she she rocks up to the site where they're filming and goes, oh, can I speak to, I don't know what you call her, we'll call her yeah. real tits because the rest of them didn't have real tits. So she rocks up to real tits and says, <laughs> she goes, oh, where, where's real tits? And she goes, oh, she's over there in the pink shirt. And rather than focusing in on someone just wearing a pink shirt walking around, she's on a fucking boat on the water speeding across and it made me think that this was going to be a funny film i i was ready for the silliness at this point that entire sequence was bizarre because like she's on that boat that boat's chasing like "Eh, what's happened here and then she steals a bike and that small kid's like hey that's my bike worst kid acting i've ever seen in my life and then then the man comes and goes you forgot these and she's like oh i forgot my some unbranded cigarette and you're like oh my god like, this is a cigarette advert? 
what the fuck am I watching? But even then she walks over. I mean, that's not... That is the least of my problems with this film. But she walks over to talk to the realtor after and isn't out of breath. She's just perfectly calm. She's not like got a hair in disarray or whatever. I, just, oh, I was ready for it at this point. I really was. I was. I'm going to throw this in there, probably much to the um, annoyance of you two. As far as this film goes, Brianna, or real tits later, is actually quite decent when it comes to, like, in comparison to the rest of the people we've seen acting in this film, she actually comes across like someone who might have acted before and not just in a porn film. Am I wrong? Did you not think she was okay? No. Okay. No. You can't judge them by ordinary standards. You have to judge them all against each other. And I thought they were all, I thought, yeah, out of all of them, she probably was the best of a bad bunch, I imagine. We've completely skipped past candles. Did you want to say something about candle manufacturing? Well, the thing is, right, when I was watching this, this part especially, I thought, oh, it's going to be like The Room. So they're going to, you know, The Room just ran out of budget and had spoons everywhere. I thought it was going to be on a candle scale for this one. But I've just had a butcher's and uh, The Room was actually made in 2003 and this was 95. So I'm wondering if The Room steal from this. Did the room watch this and go, that's what we're going for? Let's make this, but no sex and awkward dry humping when your little brother comes in. Which is something that relates to this film as we'll find later on. Um, But yeah, the fucking candle making, it it just made no sense to me. One of the very first things I noticed in Candle Room with Mister was the random garden gnomes that were just placed around the room. <laughs> and I'm like, is it, it going to be like some weird kind of like gnome possession film? Also, I'm pretty sure in 95, Yankee Candle was about. And are you telling me that Miss is going to make money off those ancient sticks she's selling? It, she, I mean, she's convinced that her brother's going to sell enough to make rent. Why does no one care where Missy is? Nobody knows, do they? But why not? Why do I mean, like, is she missing? Like, she's in I a basement somewhere with a random guy who keeps coming and going, I'm going to save you. But then this spirit kind of, like, pushes him and he and he runs away. But, like, why does nobody, why is nobody looking no. for Missa? I don't think it is a brother. But I don't know, most, especially when we have the, the explanation for the flashback later, which suggests it is a flashback. So why yeah. is that? Well, maybe they're just left there. Maybe everything's been investigated and everything's gone that's fine and we'll move on and she just stayed but as you say Lorne being gently nudged over by the uh, by the spirit not the most aggressive act I'm going to get you out of here here take this slight bump yes obviously people can't see this but Faye's got the best look of confusion on her face that I think I've ever seen in my life <laughs> I don't know if this is like just at this moment in time or whether this is just you trying to process this film it's, it's life in general. I'm just thinking about life. A time before I've seen this film. So we, we meet we meet the uh, the the actor Brianna Brianna Bree Real Tits Real Tits Real Tits, and we also meet pervy director. Oh, dude, whose name again? I'm relying on Mercer to know any of the names of these characters because I cannot remember them. Damon, we meet Damon, who um is weirdly weird. I don't understand him at all. He's British. <laughs> he's British. Yeah. 
he is a man who should be making far more money than doing shitty commercials because he is a man who can hypnotise tits bigger. This is going to revolutionise <laughs> the cosmetic in- service injury. Injury? Cosmetic surgery <laughs> industry. Never had an orgasm? Come see Damon. When your tits bigger, come see Damon. <laughs> Need dodge 20 copies of Texas Chainsaw Massacre on VHS? Come see Damon. <laughs> Damon dresses like a twat as well. All I actually love is waistcoat. It's very nineties. It's, it's Westcourt. <laughs> I hate it. It's horrible. Westcourt. Very nineties. Now, do you remember the episode where I did Doppelganger and I spent all my time saying it's very nineties um, to excuse its cheapness? I can't use the "it's very nineties" to excuse this one. I mean, it is a very nineties-looking film, but there's no excuse for this. No. None whatsoever. I mean, the thing is, as well, is that not really much is going on in them. I mean, since it's an hour and forty film. Not much is going on in the middle. It's, from what I recall, at this point, it's just sexiness. Like you said, nothing's going on. I think we're like 30-odd minutes into the film by this point, and literally nothing has happened. Not even any real sexiness at this point. Yeah. Nothing has happened. We've had a flashback. Basically, what we've done is we've gone, there's a woman living in a cellar with some weird man who's trying to rescue her. We've had a flashback to some previous murders, and we've met some film crew. And I'm 30 minutes into this film, mm-hmm. and I'm senseless. I am actually crying out for some dick and vagina at this point in time. <laughs> I, be- I believe this is the point in the film, Mercer, where you messaged us and said, you put, have you all watched that film yet? Ha ha, good luck, I'm 30 minutes in. Chris, I hate you. <laughs> Unfair. Hang the computer, not the... Chris, you programmed the computer. You are so Nice, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, tweak, I'll, need to, I'll tweak the parameters for the next prime scene. We need to keep out the porn. Yeah, so I, I, I don't even know where we are at this point. Um, has she gone up have So we're, we're just, they've, they've gone to have a look at the property to see whether it's worth being in there. Oh, God, I'm looking Do- it again. Dottie has had to go back to the house to take the paperwork to sign for the insurance. To be fair, Dottie's character art is, if she'd have done her fucking job right, <laughs> she wouldn't be in this mess. Fucking hell, Dottie, you dropped ball on this one, didn't you? She does, she goes, oh, she goes there and goes, oh, you need to sign these insurance papers. She's like, oh, I'll sign this up. No, they're the wrong ones. Sorry, it's my, it was my fault. If she'd have just double checked the paperwork, then she'd have been at home, glass of wine, chilling, and not stuck in the middle of, at the start, not a very horrendous storm. She runs, she, she stands in there and goes, oh, I'm looking to wait till this passes. It's, it's a slightly medium rain shower at this point. If she'd have just gone, she'd have been out the door and away. At this point in their house, like, we've had them come to the house, and then we have Dottie trying to escape. Do you not feel like they're almost trying to lift or steal from Evil Dead? Like, we get a lot of, like, um, camera movements towards the character. And then we get the rain scene where she's trying to escape. I don't think anyone involved in this film has seen a horror ever, so no. No, we also, we also get lots of boom mics popping in the shot as well. <laughs> I did I not did notice, notice that. I was, I was that enthralled by what was going on, but I did not notice any errors at all. Um, so, anyway, this is where it gets really crucial now. So it started raining, and Dotter tries to leave, and something happens, and... She sees the man in the in the trees and she screams and she runs to the house 
And then she's on the floor screaming, help me, help me, help me. Like, oh, my God, like, something terrible is happening. And then they come out and she's like, my car's stuck. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> Why are you acting like you've been chased like by a madman? You're just about to die. And your actual response is, my car's stuck. And this is why I'm in such a mess. And yeah, I, I was livid. I was livid. I was just like, I don't understand. <laughs> why? What's going on? Just on the, on the subject of outside as well, just while I think about it, why on the cover of the DVD, or cover of the uh, film, the poster, is there an owl on the cover? Because, Chris, like owls, they're always watching you. It's well known that in America, the owls are actually a front for the candle-making mafia organisation. That's fair enough. We do know that owls are the most erotic bird. Well, they are, aren't they, sexy bastards? <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, aroused right now, thinking about them. With their twisty round heads. Mm, yeah. Do you know <laughs> that you can see the back of an owl's eyeball through its ear? Ew. Ah, there you go. There you go. That's, that's our fact. Our fact of the day. Let's, let, let, know know our let, let no one say that we don't provide, at the very least, Education. an interesting fact for you when we discuss these films. Tell you what is interesting. If you're going to, if you're soaking wet and you're going to go and have a shower, the warm up, what's essential you do first? Get someone to dry you down with a towel. Make sure you're completely dry before you get in the shower. Yes. And, and this is like the point where, like, in the film, I'm going like, oh, my God, is this, like, the ghost coming through? Because, like, for some reason, she starts getting really seductive around that lady's breast, that is breast. And I'm like, oh, my God, this must be the spirit coming through. But then nothing, and it's not. And I'm so confused. Is this the point where she's dropped the towel and left it there no. for a good minute before anybody says anything? Is this the no, point? do you know what? I'm sorry. Do you know what's funny about that? She drops the towel. She stands staring at her. They both look a little bit awkward, but not awkward enough to like try and lift the towel up. Then Brianna goes downstairs and goes, "That girl's really weird." And and and, and Kate, her friends like, "Why is she like just the way she looks at me?" And I'm like, "You've just stared at her naked body, but she's the weird one." I mean, you could have gone, oh, sorry, I'll just avert my eyes. She doesn't even drop the towel, though, that we see. It's really weird, because she's wearing it. And then we cut away, and then we just cut back, and the towel's on the floor, and she's there naked. It is quite <laughs> funny, I can tell. It makes no sense at all. What, do you know what else? I mean, this is not about sex. This is a real, actual issue that I had with the film throughout. Okay. But I've noticed around this time, the sound design... Like, the men were really loud, and the women were really quiet. So every time, like, someone was speaking, I would, like, turn it up to try and hear what the women were saying, and then I would to quickly turn it down because the men were booming. It almost as if they only, like, might or um, boomed the male actors. It was that, so bizarre. I that's because it doesn't matter what a woman says. That's why. Your words, your words. I am kidding. Of course I'm kidding. <laughs> to be fair, we had the subtitles on the entire film. Yeah, we did, I was yeah. trying to make out they were actually saying there's lots of there's lots of ominous music. <laughs> it's it's huge across this. Uh, and he kept saying thunderclap and I'm like, well he's someone's fucking got to. <laughs> Everyone's pausing just to regab themselves. I'm, try- I'm trying to remember where we are. Well where we are is she's at a shower, she's got fiddled with secretly. Then she's in a shower and flashed herself. Then she's come downstairs and they're all just sat around having a glass of wine. And then Damon decides, let's play some games. As long as these games involve clothes coming off or me learning about any sexual fantasy you've got. Yeah. Because that's standardly what you do, especially with someone you don't know. 
Um, perfect. This gives me my favourite moment in the film between the people who I think are a couple, and then I don't think they're a couple, but then they are a couple. I they don't couple. know. It's Eugene and oh Maria or Marla, whatever. Um, oh, yeah. having this argument, he's like, "Oh, you need to warm up or something." And her comeback is, "Why don't you warm up?" And it makes absolutely no sense. But the way she delivers the line is so ferocious. Well, not ferocious, but so like, "Yeah, I'm making a real fucking point here. Why don't you warm up?" I'm like, "What the fuck is going on? In the- who wrote this script? Who wrote Damon's fantasy as well?" Because he starts and he's he's there and he goes, he's like leather and you go, okay, fair, fair enough. Some people are in the leather, that's that's absolutely fine. And he's like wax, okay, we've all seen can we all seen use of candles and shit in various. And that's what the candles are. There, and that's right? what they're there for. But he goes lumber. <laughs> Is this? I don't remember his fantasy. He's sitting Yeah, he's sitting I'm going to tell you about mine. No, 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 no. Yeah, before no. that, he says his, yeah, he goes, he goes, leather, wax, lumber. So he wants... Lumber? Exactly. So he should go, right, two kind of, two kind of erotic use things, and there's someone rocking up, Axel Jim Duggan with a fucking two by four coming out. Can't tell you the amount of times he's been kicked out of being cute. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's an objectum sexual, and like, Fucking like like I married the Eiffel Tower except I fucked a two before in um MFI. Uh, who I knows? Table. <laughs> I, I fucked a table, big. Think Kelly randomly like obviously again you're like oh she must be possessed now because she's going to talk about her fantasy, which is basically a rape scenario. Yeah, and everyone's fucking aroused by it. Even the couple. I mean, the, the couple should not be getting the guy in the couple should not be getting aroused when his girlfriend sat on his lap. But he, he literally, and he does this more than once, rubs his legs like a nineteen seventies. Like Vic and Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbing legs seems really fucking pervy to me. Yeah, it's, really. it's, I like to say it's like a nineteen seventies kind of. Ooh, I'm weird. Yeah. Free a soul, basically. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a savile. For the record, I'm watching Fear do it. I'm also sat here just rubbing my thigh <laughs> right now, having this conversation. <laughs> Someone is getting it tonight. <laughs> so after this rape scenario, she then goes upstairs and decides to get it on with real tits. Yeah, Kelly and Brianna have sex. It gives me my second, second, I don't know why I said second that way. Gives me my second favourite moment in the movie when we just do a close up of two sets of breasts rubbing each other <laughs> at the nipples. Have you never rubbed up against another man's breasts first? Is he not the immense satisfaction you get from it? I don't know, it just, it just looks like hard work, really. Like, oh, look at us rubbing breasts together. Like, what is that about? As I recall, it was at this point in the film, I turned around to Chris and went, it's absolutely no wonder Mercer hated this. This is not for him at all. This film is doing nothing for him. This sex scene is when I had to crack one out. No, this sex scene (laughs) is... This sex scene is absolutely obscene. Like, for any kind of sex scene in a film, like, the, the, the eating out part, it's like, it's it just feels so... Right. That genuinely feels like, and it's, it's these parts in the film where you're genuinely like, have I got 
Playboy TV on or something. Like, is this <laughs> Playboy TV? What era are you moving in? I'm living in 1995 when Playboy TV existed. I'll say, yeah. 1995, that's the only kind of porn you could get watching. These I know, but days. still you're making a reference to it like that that's what's still around today. That's how that came across. I, I'm so sorry. Uh, let, 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 let's I can't believe let's stop any confusion before it escalates like it normally does. I can't believe Mercer doesn't have an in-depth knowledge of Playboy. He seems such... He's like the ID, ideal readership. You know I mean? Target audience... I am their target audience. I love beautiful people. Um, no, but in that field. And articles on gardening. <laughs> and then funny jokes. Um, no, it, it just feels like dirty. Yeah. Like, not because, not because it's a sex scene. I think sex scenes can be done and they can be done tastefully. But this is literally made, like, to look like a porn film. Yeah. And it's, it's baffling to me that it's, like, a general kind of release, like, my 12-year-old daughter, I ain't got a 12-year-old daughter, but if I had, could go onto Amazon Prime and press play on this if I didn't have parental controls on. Well, it's if it's 18, is it not? I think this, to be honest with you, I've no idea what the certification is, but I imagine you could probably get away with this in the 15 nowadays. But yeah, anyway, so she comes downstairs the next morning and she's been all awkward and we find out that... Oh, not before we uh, see Damon dressed up in leather wanting to recreate mm-hmm. the fantasy she described. Mm. I mean, he just cracks onto any of them at any given time. He doesn't care where he's getting it wet. He just wants to get it wet. Um, but she comes down and she's all awkward and... I believe at this point we learn that she can't orgasm. No, we um, this there is a scene a bit later on. Uh, at this point, what we learn is that Brianna, no, not Brianna, Dotter knows that there's a cellar with a locked room, and there's something behind there. So Dotty goes downstairs. This is when Dotty and Damon go downstairs and end up shagging. Yes. And can I just say something, right? Damon was in the kitchen in his leathers, and then when he follows Dottie downstairs, he's back in his waistcoat. And oh, when the fuck did he get changed? When? Leather's really sweaty, I don't blame him. <laughs> get your waistcoat back on. It's another graphic, or graphic for the time, but not for hardcore pornography, but graphic for air. Well, then we learn that Brianna can't have an orgasm in the best way possible, where Kelly goes, oh, this is like a one-off experience for me um even though i did have a great orgasm how about you because that's the kind of question you ask somebody when you're saying i don't really want to do this anymore i really got off though like did you mm. like what does she want to say and then brianna like any normal person would have just gone yeah yeah we're well, great brianna's like i've never been able to climax in my life what shut up she didn't say it like that by the way so then she goes and gets hypnotised. Have I missed anything out in between? No, well, just the dotty Damon sex scene. Oh, yeah, this, you have a sex scene. I can't remember. Oh, she sees the guy at the window. Yes. And then she just gets, yeah. get off and pushes him off as they all come stumbling out and in. So it appears that he's raping her rather than... They just have a little throwaway line after where she goes, it was consensual all up until that part. Like he tried to start it afterwards. The minute she said get off, he got off. So she's well, making out like he carried on. 
he didn't even have a chance to not get off because she physically pushed him off and he went flying. But pre to that, again, this is when I'm like, did, like, did a child write this script? Like, he said, oh, I want to bang you or something. And she's like, well, you take me to prom. And I'm like, you're a fucking 30-odd-year-old woman who's not going to no prom. What the fuck are you talking about? And again, I'm still living this kind of fantasy that, oh, there's a sex demon or something that's, like, making them act this way. Was Foster Winter? Yeah, that is, that's the whole other tagline of the film and the description makes it sound that's... I, th- I think they actually used the line, it, it, uh, they said it'd make us feel sexy. Yes. So it's this point, so after the Dottie and Damon, like, sex scene, we've now got 30 minutes left of this film, by the way. This is the point that Dottie decides to go, oh, there's a backstory to this house. And the backstory makes no sense because the backstory involves somebody's granddad getting burnt alive and then a sex ghost. And I don't understand what the link is, but then a sex ghost who um, makes them do sexy games. Mad Chad. Mad Chad. But he's like, um, yeah, he makes them do sexy games and then um, makes them have lots of sex. And then things go wrong when somebody gets killed. And I, th- I think this is the time where she gets hypnotised by Damon in regard to her orgasm. And yeah. uh, D- Damon, what a gem, does it in front of everyone and then makes her get off without her knowledge, without her will, because she's yeah. under hypnosis. And that's fine, that's fine, Damon, don't worry about it. And the story she comes out with, I said, like, oh, my mother spanked me because my brother touched me. I should fucking think so. Let's, let's talk about who her crush is, her ideal, <laughs> her ideal man, Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek, that's the one. The uh, Jeopardy, Jeopardy, Jeopardy guy. Oh, right. This is very American because that literally meant nothing to me at all. Kevin Costner meant something though, right? nothing to me at all. I don't dance with nobles. So yeah, she uh, she reveals her secrets as to why that is. And it's all kinds of fucked up. And she gets off quite quickly. Wakes up, no one tells her what she's done. And then all of a sudden, she turns into like a nympho and fucks anything. There's some very problematic moments in, in that scene. It's First a whole problematic all, film. Well, yeah, but in that particular scene when he's hypnotised her, the first story she starts telling is about when she was 14 and her boyfriend tried to have sex with her and she said no. And he's like, oh, why was sex a problem? It's like, because she's 14? Mm-hmm. That's literally what came out of my mouth. Like, why are you even asking this question? Um, I was very tricked because I initially thought, my, 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 pro- my mental process was like, Damon's going to fiddle her while she's asleep. And then I'm like, oh, no, he's not going to fiddle her. And then he made her get off. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's still a fucking creep. Isn't yeah. But how did we go? And this is what baffles me. How did we go from one person saying, I've been here before. We were forced into sex. People got murdered to let me hypnotize you and give you an orgasm. Because it had been suggested to her. Yeah, but, like, the chain of events, in reality, why would a group of people go, this place is a, has got a sex demon, so let's hypnotise someone and make them get off? Because what? they're being swept up in a storm, so they can't go anywhere, so they've just got to find time to do, you, you know, film. actually trying to give logic and nope. reason to the No, 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 not for one second, mate. 
So then she goes and screws that part, one half of that couple. I thought, we're just going to yeah. help it. We're just going to help ourselves. She fucking could. You could help I mean, she's a, she's a massive douche about it. When she's like, oh, God. I mean, like, whatever. And this poor girl's, like, distraught. And then nothing makes sense from it. I mean, nothing's made sense before, but nothing makes sense from this point on. No, because we then go to lawn in the downstairs room using a syringe to withdraw goo from some giant fucking meteorite thing. That's never been mentioned at any point during the film. Why don't I remember that scene? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like something I should have remembered. Are you sure you didn't fall asleep? At, at this point, you probably zoned out, and I wouldn't have blamed you. Um, two of them make a run for... Oh, the lass, um, not Brianna, Kelly, her fella turns up, because we think it's going to be the guy. It turns out to be her fella, who then goes, oh, you whore, and goes off in his van, and two in a row with him. After, I mean, he turns up in time to find that Kelly's slept with um, Eugene. Oh, Damon, Eugene. sorry. No, so Kelly slept with Eugene, Marla slept with Damon, and upstairs, God knows what's happening with Brianna. Like, I don't even know what's happened to her right now. Mm. And, oh, and where's, where's Dotter? I don't know. Where's Dotter? Who cares? No one cares. She's around, she's around somewhere because her and Marla then make a run for it with Bob when he takes, he takes off. They're just, oh, can you give us a ride? They go, yeah, sure. And then, Up in and they are gone. And then, no, the thing gets halfway down the dirt track and goes, tell you what, we need to go back. Why do you need to go back? Because Dottie knows what's going to happen. Let's be fair. And it happens to terrible a, people. This is a standard horror trope. This is someone trying to escape and then going, yeah, but I know what's going to happen, so I'm going to go back. And that's the horror aspect of this entire film. And um, if the people are that terrible, I wouldn't be going back. If they've got any sort of redeeming quality, fair enough. But not all of them are trash. Here's the thing. We blaming all of this on a sex demon, yeah? This sex demon actually doesn't force anyone to do anything. What we learn is Lorne is a fucking psychopath, and he's the one who's, like, killed the people before, and he's holding, like, pretty much holding Missa, like, hostage for something that he's done. And the reason I believe this is because when he's got um, Missy tied up, the ghost releases her. Somebody releases her. Also, I just need to say this. My notes at this point in the film, and this is very important for everybody, in my opinion, is I hate this more than a warning for the curious. Let's not go that far. I hated this so much. It's, long. <laughs> it's much longer. Ending. Is it ending yet? So, like, they come back and they all have a scuffle and they defeat whoever don't even know it is at this point. It's Lorne, Lorne's evil. They defeat, they defeat Lorne and then we had to rewind this part because we we, we must have zoned out right before Ellie. Really? <laughs> and we rewound it and um, it because it, it ended on Damon laughing and then did this really <laughs> weird <laughs> wait, wait, wait did this really weird shot and we were like, what did we just miss? What what gag did we just miss? Because they're really laughing. Yeah, because he really throws his head back in this slow-mo kind <laughs> of shot where he's laughing. And it just ends. Yeah, Please so it's like, him. we must have missed a line. Must have missed something. That... So when we went back, it turns like, out, all he says is, it's hot in here. And they go, ha, ha, ha. And laugh, like, what the fuck? And, oh, do you know 
what? Before what you've just put us through, give us a gag at end or something. Give us a, a punchline or a fucking pun or whatever. We got nothing. And then it ended like he was some sort of vampire. Yeah. And don't give me a fucking freeze for an ending. Do not give me a freeze for an ending. I don't understand why you would do that. Because that just highlights how fucking shit everything else that we've just been through is. Um, that's the whole anyway. film. I'd rather just forget it now. Where was the horror? There wasn't any. The ghost didn't even... I don't even know if the ghost existed. I'm so confused by this. I'm like, was there a demon ghost? Or were these people just fucking sex peak fiends? I've decided to let go of the confusion and of the hate and just move on with my life at this point. I think it's best for us all if we just don't speak of this again. That'd be great, but we can't let you go quite yet because with it being a spit grace episode, albeit the truly awful film and then the privacy investigation panel, we still need to grade it, which we all have. Mercer, would you like to let us know what grade, as if anyone hasn't guessed, what grade this film has got from us? Yes. Under normal circumstances, I might try and underplay or overplay the grading system on, on a film, uh, you know, maybe give a little bit of mystery, uh, but it's impossible, impossible to give mystery to a pile of tripe uh, that someone's just shat on. So this film, my friends, walks away with a grade U. And if it could have been lower, I think it would have been. If we had a minus grade, we might have even given it. Because this film, pornography film, I sound like a fucking righteous person right now. Just think it was just rubbish. It was just I rubbish. Got, I was quite happy in the fact that um, Lauren, Dr. Nodding Off, had actually seen this as well, so we were not the only people who come across this and hated it. She hated it too. And I think <clears throat> this is probably the first time we're ever going to do this officially, but I think we need to. I think we need to apologise to anybody who listens to us who decides to seek this film out and watch it. We are so sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, so popcorn. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's going to be Kevin, on it? Um, yeah, really sorry. Oh my God, so it's going to be a popcorn. I mean, like, the hell he went through for a word into the curious. I know this. <laughs> Maybe we'll just see how low we could drag him. We're going to bring Glasgow tomorrow. He might sniper right? Was, I was going to say, yeah, we are, we are on his turf tomorrow. <laughs> if he walks up and just punches me in the face, I think I might just deserve it. <laughs> Just take it. Just take it like a man. It's fine. Anyway, that, that, that that's done. We can move Good. on from there. Good. We can forget it. Until yeah. next week where it's like a fucking softcore porn oh. in space. Or will there be a next week, Fair? Or are we doing something different next week? Oh, yeah. Next week we're going to be uh, talking about our jollies. Our jolly bobs. Our jolly bobs. Holly bobs. Our holly bobs. As, yeah, we are, uh, well, two thirds us. Sadly, Mercer's not joining us. I'll go into Fright Fest Glasgow. So we will be doing a a short special, I imagine, just on the quick overview of the films that are played there and our general thoughts on those. Mercer can join us and vaguely talk about things. I'm not going to join you. I'm just going to listen to the episode and I'm quite excited for it because, you know, I'm missing, I'm missing Glasgow Fright Fest due to other commitments, like laziness. 
but I'm quite excited to hear your opinions on what I should be watching and what, what everyone should be watching. We're going to try to snag other people while we're there and see if we can get their their take um their live their dulcet tones into the episode. So you may hopefully get here. Darren and the school gas girl and watch five minutes. We tried this last time and all we got was me drunkenly uh drunkenly filming Darren. <laughs> and that's all we got. We've got three minutes of Darren talking when we okay. got drunk. Well I I will attempt yeah, to get other people to actually give us their thoughts on their takes on these movies rather than just hearing me and Faye waffle on about them. Right. Okay. But yeah, so very much looking forward to being in Glasgow again though. Because obviously first one since the Pandemic yeah. struck. We were, we were there right before, just as we released our our infection viral horror episode, yeah. just weeks weeks before this first came public knowledge. Yeah, it's almost like we caused it. Didn't know. No, we didn't. No, we did not. So if you want to hear us talk about our Scottish adventures, or you want to hear any of the other episodes or anything else from us, Please do follow us on the social media. We are at Spit Graves on both Twitter and Instagram. We're I Spit on Your Graves on Facebook. And if you want to email us for any reason, you can reach us at electricpossums at gmail.com. And please, as always, if you've enjoyed this episode or any of our previous work, please don't forget the rate, review, subscribe, and spread the word, spread the love. Tell Hi. people about us. Do so, do so. Any more for any more before we uh, leave this behind us? No, I want to go have a shower and get this filthy film off my body. That is very wise. Are you going to accidentally drop your towel so that everyone can see? Or they can come around and stare at me for five minutes before I move, yeah? And then it leaves you up in a little bit. There you go. Filtered Mercer straight, if nothing else. So... Thank you, Mercer. Thank you, Flange. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you all in Glasgow. Or we'll have seen you in Glasgow. This will come out afterwards. Oh, well. Tough now. <laughs> <laughs>